heavy track today. Yeah, not vibing risky lettuce, getting sinker vibes. I don't know, says on the Tab app she's firming. Don't just vibe it, get expert tips in Tab's new race feed. Tab, we're on. What are you really gambling with? Now on Racing Pulse, RSN's racing editor, Matt Stewart. My view is that the Melbourne Spring Carnival's a national institution that we all benefit from. It's not like Sydney doesn't benefit from the might of the Melbourne Spring Carnival. For more news, opinion and selections, head to rsn.net.au. It is time for Maddie Stewart Arison's racing editor to bring us up to date with all the news in the world of racing. Uh, Maddie, how are we on this Tuesday? Good, Michael. Good. Um, interesting weather situation in Perth. I was just uh, uh, looking at the fact that the Belmont meeting today has been moved to Bunbury and it's 38 degrees. It's going to be 38 or 39 at Ascot on Saturday. Sheesh. Whether there's a limit to how hot is too hot. I remember I was there three or four years ago and it was really hot on race day and I think they're so used to it that they they kind of cop it. these days, isn't it? And you get the Fremantle doctor kicking in late in the day, but yeah, it might be interesting, you know, if it soars higher than that, whether there's a, a threshold. The Victorian uh, horses, like a Tuvalu or a Forgot <coughs> You, um, Tuvalu, who's obviously performed well in the, the warmth before, but he's coming from Warrnambool's not going to know what's hit him no, over there. It'll be a factor, I think. Um, it will be run late in the day when the doctor kicks in, but um, and that cools things down. But interesting with the weather. Fields out, as you mentioned, Tuvalu. Got 58. Yeah, that seems about right. Yeah. Um, Roots is the Waller runner who's going to run favourite. Um, there's a few others. There's a handful, Bassett and Young, Forgot You, and so on, who's been zigzagging all over Australia to get there. So... Um, as you discovered earlier on this morning. But, yeah, so I, I think the main thing about Perth this weekend is, gee, how hot's it going to get? Is it going to get over 40? And do they race over 40 degrees? Oh, I'm sure they will. Like, that's... Well, we wouldn't. No, it's up to humidity. You bring the races forward. Um, it's been a while since we've done that. But they have the humidity as the major factor. It's, sort um, of the, it's called the wet bulb measure. Mm. Um. Gee, I, I don't I know whether you'd run a... Well, when's the last time that we've had a WA meeting that's been called off due to heat? Well, I don't know when the last time was on a Saturday where they had 40 degrees to deal with, which they might nearly have on Saturday. So I'm not saying they'll call it off, but I just think it's going to get interestingly hot. Jamie Carr rides Tuvalu on Saturday. The barrier will be all important a little later today. It's a $1.5 million race, and Lindsay Smith, I think, has been very smart in saying, well... Bypass most of the the features here, even though he went around in the Underwood, um, and not go to Champions Day because one and a half million dollars. It's a it's a lot of money for a race that you know doesn't have anywhere near the depth of what you would be facing in in major Melbourne Spring Carnival unless, races. Unless the Perth horses are strong this year, like it, it, it's 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 probably a bit of a mistake sometimes to underrate the locals. You got. El Safina, Grant Nalana Williams, William Pike. I mean, it's it had a picket fence and then third up into the into the um, it's into on the, the railway after getting beaten last mm. week, and it, it it was a bit unlucky. Um, it gets what's it in fifty three, so it gets five kilos off Tuvalu, and that's why the weight. I was like, well, it's a it's a decent impost for Tuvalu to have to lug around on Saturday, and look, Roots gets four kilos, and the way she dispatched. Um, the field and the hot Danish. I, I don't think there's any doubt that she's probably going to be the one to beat on Saturday. Yeah, well, it's going to be an interesting race and it's going to be running really uh, warm conditions. Uh, the 
it, funny, you know, the fallout from Saturday, uh, Jake Norton was on, um, from the MRC, was on after the last, last night, and one of the things that the MRC has thought might be um, something to look at for this time next year for the meeting, given the track bias, is um, to rethink their rail movement on the day. Um, Jake Norton was saying we might have a tinker and how we went about the track preparation. We might we mightn't have the rail in the true like we did. Um, just if there's risk of compaction, etc., uh, etc. Et so I think maybe rail movements next year, if they fear it might be a problem again, might be adjusted for the for that Caulfield meeting, which was a bit blighted by the um, you know the bias, wasn't it? Oh, and they always do reviews. Generally, Caulfield plays quite well it's always been a and peter moody told us this years ago he said the the configuration of the track is it it is a track that favors horses that want to race on speed especially better horses and when you get firmer tracks so whilst it was um more stark than what it usually is it, it is tough to make um, ground at Caulfield. Can be. It can be. Um, Gavin Bedgegood's going to join us in a sec to talk about the, his grappling decision with Keats uh, and uh, Just Folk for the Cranbourne Cup on Saturday. I think it's a weather watch. Obviously, Just Folk is uh, a very, 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 very good soft tracker. Um, might even get Bedgie, who was a champion um, jumps picnic sort of participant as well, to, whether he's got a take on this issue ongoing with, um, you know, uh, potentially with um, uh, hyper analysis on the suitability of some of these country tracks. So we'll get Bedgie up and we'll have a chat about that. Hey, it was interesting um, yesterday that, that there were some trials on the Gold Coast track and it came through with flying colours. Ryan Maloney was one who said, yeah, it's it's great. That's a huge relief up there because of the Magic Millions and they did have a fallback position. So that's a a significant um, tick for the Gold Coast track that it now looks like they'll, they'll be able to run the Magic Millions at the home of the Magic Millions at the Gold Coast. So... Uh, really big, te- uh, really big tick there. Actually, Gavin Bedgood's on the line, Michael, to talk about this decision about which one he runs in his hometown cup, Keats or Just Folk. And curious to know what Bedgie thinks about watering of these um, picnic tracks and whether whether there's a better way to ensure that they go ahead. Um, Gavin, how are you? Morning, Maddie, Michael. Yeah, uh, Cranbourne Cup. Uh, any any insight into which way you might go because you don't want to run your two best horses against each other. No, well, there's plenty of options around at the moment. You've got the Cranbourne Cup and the Gong on Saturday. Uh, you've got the Kilmore Cup Sunday. So we'll just uh, try and keep them split up and pick the most suitable race for each of them. Um, just Folk, whilst with a previous trainer, has, has always travelled well interstate to Sydney. Is that something that's in the back of your mind? Yeah, I wouldn't think that it would bother him. He's had a, a few trips to Sydney. He's been to uh, Brisbane. So, you know, he's been to Adelaide. It wouldn't bother me at all. And if, if you get some rain, he, he grows a leg as well. So um, is the forecast expected to be wet on the weekend? Well, that's where my decision um, lies at the moment. Last week, um, Kembla Grange were forecast for 20 to 40 mils each day, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and that's changed to maybe 5 to 10 on Friday and 1 to 5 on Saturday. So I've been checking that multiple times a day and uh, <laughs> it sort of keeps dropping off, but Cranbourne this morning saying 5 to 10 mils Friday and maybe 10 to 20 Saturday. So, um, yeah, it's a bit of a, a guessing game at the moment. He seems to be going really well as uh, Just Folk. Yeah, I thought his first up run was great. And, uh, look, he ran as good as he could second up. He, he actually pulled his shoe on the way to the start and it didn't get picked up. And 
Um, race missing his near front shoe. Um, he's been wanting to lug out in his races and he's very sound, so I'm not really sure um, why he's doing that, but we might tinker with a little bit of gear tomorrow morning when we gallop him and uh, and uh, try and correct that. How late do you have to call it? Because it sounds like the the Melbourne weather or the Cranbourne weather might almost be as suitable at the death knock as the as the weather in New South Wales for the gong. So you, you, you're you going to leave it late, but how late uh, till you actually make a call on which one runs where? Oh, we'll just sit on it till late tomorrow morning and, um, you know, if need be, we can even dual accept for, for both meetings on Saturday for Just Folk. But, um, yeah, look, uh, yeah, oh, I can't tell you. I'm not sure yet. Cool. Mate, um, you obviously have a, a bit of... Well, let's ask about Keats first before you yep. get onto the, the picnics. How's he going? Because he probably is your, your Cranbourne Cup runner then. Uh, your um, yeah, your Cranbourne Cup runner. Yeah, I'd say he's probably more of a leaning to go to the Kilmore Cup okay. without seeing nominations. I just think he'll be really suited around that track, the downhill run into the straight, and uh, he obviously gets out and rolls along. So, um, yeah, he's another one. I'm, I'm not really sure what I'm doing yet, but I'll just make a call tomorrow morning. But I reckon he's going fantastic. He probably went to the Sale Cup only 80% fit. I was pretty... Um, transparent with the ownership group and uh, letting them all know that he, he wasn't screwed down and he probably ran better than I expected because, uh, you know, even when he got challenged halfway up the straight, he wanted to keep sticking his beak out and uh, he um, that's why I was sort of wanting to give him four weeks between runs. He went and had seven to ten days down at the beach and just sort of uh, had a bit of R&R, I suppose, after a cup first up run, but he's, uh, he's going super, that horse, I think. Yeah, your your whole stable's going super, and I know you basically were the, the headline banner act for buying these horses off the online sales and rejuvenating them. Is that still your main focus, or are you finding that you're getting a lot more horses now because of that success that you were able to produce? Oh, we've got a stable of 30 at the moment, and I think there's a dozen two-year-olds there, but mm. they're not schnitzels. They're, you know, they're... Uh, the lesser bred horses, and hopefully one of them might put their hand up as a later two-year-old, but they're all probably more three-year-old types. But, uh, look, um, I love the online auction and uh, the challenge of sort of trying to recapture something's form or, um, you know, find out what makes them tick. But uh, we, we've had good luck out of it, and it's definitely not something I'm looking at changing anyway. Gavin, I want to play some audio from Danny Walker yesterday on Cracking the Codes about what she thinks. She's a little bit concerned about um, over-scrutiny of the, of the picnic track. This is what she thinks might be the best way to go about the preparation of these tracks. Look, we're all prepared for them. We know they're firm tracks. We know they don't generally get watered. Um, Buckham is a prime example of a very firm track, but our horses are trained on these, these surfaces and provided that Surfaces are consistent. They are generally considered safe. Yeah, that's off the back of Yay, off the back of Alexandra, off the back of three years of virtually no picnic racing, which leads us to this uh, desire to have a smooth season. And we had a few hiccups. You, you, you used to ride the picnics. You used to you tr- train one or two as well. What Danny Walker thinks that there's an issue. And I spoke to a leading country track manager who said, "Yeah, just turn the sprinklers off these bush tracks. It causes more headaches than." Uh, than the opposite. What's, have you got a view on, on, on the way things are going with the picnics and, and, and meetings going ahead and being cancelled and what the best policy might be? Yeah, look, I cut my teeth as a rider and as a trainer at the picnics and uh, still enjoy um, going and, and following it. And I've got a lot of friends that are sort of still in that um, facet of the industry. And look, I think a lot of the problems have been at tracks that have 
got golf courses and things like that. They're shared um, tracks, like you've got Alexandra, Yay, Druin, and quite often it's not the overwatering. It's a sprinkler from the, the golf club that's leaked or something like that that's caused a... It's, it's never the whole track or a big section. It's normally a, a very minor spot. When I was riding at the picnic 20 years ago... Um, Alex, there was always normally a meeting that they lost there during the year, and Yay was always a fast lane down the outside fence where the the local golf course um, quite often their their water sort of seeped into the inside of the track. There, picnic horses are tough; like they sort of race pretty frequently, and, and they're pretty sound animals. Um, you know what you're getting when you go there. You're going to run into a firm track. It's very rarely that you're you're not running on a good three. I just think. Maybe RVL need to find just one person that goes and assesses these tracks sort of 48 hours or 24 hours out and um, and make sure they're okay for the go-ahead. And um, like Alex lost their meeting the other week due to a, a pump being left on. And yay, I seen a video of it yesterday um, and spoke to Ray Douglas and it was, a, it was nothing really. So I'm not really sure why the meeting was lost, but I think they need to find a one participant, whether it be a rider or a trainer or someone that's our source, but that goes and inspects these tracks in the lead-up to the meetings rather than sort of getting the race morning because they only race once, maybe twice a week. You get a a big congestion of horses and then you've got a backlog and uh, it makes it tricky. Absolutely. And maybe strike up a relationship with the golf courses where if there's a race meeting coming up that they don't maybe turn the sprinklers on the golf course for 48 hours or 24 hours beforehand, maybe. <laughs> well, 110%, I think there's got to be some sort of a way they can work together. And um, mm. so, yeah, right. like, yeah, definitely. Good on you, mate. Uh, leave us with a winner, Beggie. Have you got Mornington Glory in tomorrow? Yeah, he's in tomorrow. Um, good draw in a race with a lot of speed. Um He's going really well, that horse. I thought he, he ran fantastic and he's probably got the, the best credentials out of the race, in the race, sorry. But, um, yeah, just I need to have a good look at that race today and work out where he's going to sort of be in the run before I make a, a call on whether he runs or not. Good on you, mate. Best of luck this week. Thanks very much, guys. Good on you, Gavin. Um, interesting story from France, Michael, given the whip focus here as well. Uh um, French racing reacts to first whip disqualification, ah. which was imposed over the, the last seven days. Johnny Sharon, uh, uh, this is reading from the story, has earned the unwanted piece of history by becoming the first jockey to lose a race in front of the stewards for breaking the whip rules, having been found to have struck Gary de la Brunei nine times, which is five over the limit, introduced on May 1. What was the margin? Uh, I do not know. No, it's it's irrelevant. It's just about overstriking. So, the rule that they brought in: yeah. if you break the rule by, is it a certain amount? You're automatically disqualified. S- second pass says since sep- September one nine, as in strikes, has also been the number which automatically triggers uh, disqualification. So, yep, interesting. Given uh, all around the world, there are varying degrees of how um, this is being approached. So that's a, a really interesting one there. Um, there's a Chris Lee, I know it's not much, but uh, there's a Chris Lee's horse called uh, Flag of Honour who won a significant Group 2 race at Woodbine in Canada over the weekend. So good to see that, uh, you know, we're sending horses overseas that are competing reasonably well. Um, Did you see the um, sad news yesterday? Invincible Caviar uh, uh, died. Now, I, I think I heard that there was... Um, 
they're going to have an autopsy, but it might have been an, an aneurysm, something like that, which is really disappointing because those black caviar bloodlines and was the best performed relation to black caviar. No, no doubt. So, yeah, it's very sad news there, absolutely. Uh, coming up on the Big V... Lance O'Sullivan's going to join me. Molly Bloom, the same day that we ran our 1,000 guineas, they at Rickerton they ran their 1,000 guineas, and the winner was another rising megastar of New Zealand racing, a filly called Molly Bloom. And we sort of it sort of passed us by a bit in the last 48 hours. We're going to have a chat to Lance O'Sullivan about Molly Bloom and what's going to come, you know, what's what's the, the next six months look like. We, we spoke to... Uh, one of the connections in the last 48 hours about um, whether the New Zealanders will start competing more in the 1,000 guineas because it's run late mm. towards their summer. What does this mean for a horse like Molly Bloom? And I'm also going to play back to Lance an edited version of Bill Collins's call of the 1986 Cox Plate because there's a bit of audio from that that doesn't get any publicity at all, and it's the bit at about the 1,600-metre mark where Bill Collins says... And here uh, come... No. No? Our Waverley star, he'll want to be far oh, lap. Because at that stage, Lance was giving Waverley star a sore back. So you're going to tell him he should have won the race of the century and our Waverley totally. star got beaten because he butchered the ride. I'm nearly ready to say that to Lance, and I think he'll cop it. It's about 60 years down the track, so... Oh. Um, but, but certainly the horse was... Had a torrid run, and I don't think well, anyone. I don't think either um, Bone Crusher or Waverley Star was probably the same after no. that. I know Bone Crusher got sick when he went to Japan, but that was such a brutal, grueling race. We've never seen a race like it since. How, the only one I can think of was the Blue Sapphire of about four years ago, where three horses just they had to be scraped off the track afterwards. So, mm-hmm. um, so that'll be interesting because it it really is the uns. They they didn't it's die. It's not a like great them. visual, no. Well, no, but they, we know I, they I didn't. I think it's die. a poor turn. We know of they, we know they didn't pass away. So well, you can only you only like to say pass away when it's a journo that dies. Uh, every, everything else is you've got to be hard and fast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now I've completely forgotten. Yeah, yeah. So um, you're um, going to tell him he slaughtered it. Tell him he slaughtered Waverly Star. And see, um, how, and see how the interview goes after that. And I'm looking forward to that. Uh, SMS is coming through. Uh, this one, Maddie, will be of interest to you. And uh, Matt Welsh is coming on a little later too, so we're going to talk a lot about the carnival. But I will ask him about um, the picnics and whether there needs to be more infrastructure or funding from Racing Victoria. And I think what Gavin Bedgegood said is a very salient point that we just need to get someone out there who's of experience before the race day to make sure in the build-up that the track is okay. SMS says, is it possible we've got um, an issue with uh, more junior or less experienced stewards that are in charge of the yes. picnic meetings? The answer is yes. Yep. Um, and then there's another one here saying, um, what you were talking about, really hot weather in Perth, what happens if we continue to push back our spring carnival further into November? We could get hit with some hot days and more firm tracks for us. Could, but we don't normally get the really hot stuff until January, to be honest. We don't really have hot Novembers here. So one thing that the country track manager I spoke to yesterday did say is that what should happen with these picnic tracks, he said there's 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 five or six really good regional track managers in Victoria that part of their remit or they could be asked or to, to, to perform this task is uh, to a month before a, a picnic track in their area is due to race, go up there, assess it, offer some advice and try and nurse the, 
you know, offer advice that would nurse the track mm. to the point where it's going to race. Because I think there was a system where um, Marty Sinem, Liam O'Keefe... Um, they went down to Tassie to inspect the track down Yeah, there. but I think they're also working with some of the Victorian country clubs as well. I, and I know that they do. I know that there's a couple of track managers who do help out the picnics mm. and no one really knows that they do it, so it's great that they do. Anyway, I've probably run, run its race, that subject, but let's see how Heelsville goes on the weekend. We've got... Uh, a little bit of rain coming, that should help with uh, avoiding uh, watering and with a bit of natural precipitation. But then again, sometimes a bit of rain at these tracks can can be a bit of a nuisance as well. So, Well, hopefully they run a few extra races because the, the backlog now, uh, and just having a look at the entries, there's, there's six races scheduled, but um, there's 22, 16, 20, 20, 25... 26 entries in these races where you can only have a field limit of eight. Can they split them? That's, um, that's what they should be, shouldn't they? Eight to ten is your field limit, and there's going to be a lot that don't even make the cut because of the previous meetings that have been unfortunately called off. No, absolutely. All right, well, fingers crossed that everything's good there, and uh, fingers crossed that Perth doesn't sail into unraceable temperatures. We'll see you on the big V, Matty right Stewart. Up. Don't forget your Sibley Sensational Performance of the Week. SMS us on what you think is the performance of the week or any other topic you want to talk about. The best will win a $100 dining voucher to eat Simply Sensational Seafood at Rubira's in Port Melbourne.